Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in a way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, the son of David, do not fear to protect Take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, Joseph is a pretty amazing character because we hardly talk about him. When was the last time he went to a Christmas service, they talk, they, they talk about Joseph. Now, Joseph is just like a side character. He's like a supporting role character. But yet, Joseph is the only one the only one in this Christmas encounters that had three encounters with God. If you think that his role was not important, then why is it that God revealed himself to him, show himself, send angels to speak to Joseph three times? Even Mary only had an encounter once. But Joseph had an encounter three times. Why is he so special? You see, in the Word of God, it tells us that Joseph played a role many of us consider insignificant. But do you realize that without Joseph, Mary couldn't do her work? Without Joseph, Mary could not have carried out her task. You see, in the kingdom of God, it's quite different from how the world functions. You see, in the world, we have ranks. People that are really, 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 really important and the people that are not so important. But I want to tell you this. In the kingdom of God, every single individual is important. We may think Joseph played a side character or a supporting role, if you may, in this movie. But the truth of the matter is that Joseph's role was as critical as Mary's role. Can I hear an Amen. I want to tell you this, a lot of times we think those who are playing the supporting cast or the, the, the supporting role, we think they're not as important. But in the eyes of God, they are as important as what we consider the major character in the story. Let me tell you this, in the kingdom of God, Every single one of us. Doesn't matter which area you serve in the kingdom of God. You are absolutely critical, absolutely important. You know, just now when you see all the show, you see all the kids, everybody's so excited and, and, and you know, amazing. But you realize that that whole show was put together by a lot of people that you would never meet, you would never see. You don't know who they were, what they were doing. But their work was ab were absolutely critical and important. In this house, I always tell the Volunteers, what I do is just a very small part. Is not more important than anyone of us who are serving in this church. You know, the people who are serving in, in hospitality. I tell you, they play a very, very critical role. I want to honor those who serve in a capacity that nobody sees. You know, the children's teachers, they serve in a capacity that's very critical. Without them, we are not able to sit here to enjoy the teaching. And you won't be to see your parents can't sit here and enjoy the teaching. We have kids running all over the place. Speaking of the supporting role, you know those people in hospitality. I want you to stand up. People in hospitality, just, just stand up. You're shocked, right? I know I'm shocking you. Stand up, stand up. Come on, you feel I, all of them, all the people in hospitality. I want you to honor them. I want you to honor them. Do you know that they come in the morning and serve before everybody showed up? They play a very critical role. I want to honor them. You know, some of them are surgeon, doctors, some of them are bankers, some of them, you know, are just doing different tasks. And whatever the task is, they have committed their lives and their hours to come and serve. You know, the Bible says that the freedom that we have been given is not so that we do nothing 
the freedom that we have given so that we can serve one another with love. And every one of you who serve in this house, I don't care what kind of role you play, there are people that would never know. You know people who count the offerings? They actually miss lunch most of the time. When we have special occasion, they're counting the offerings in the boardroom, you know, just, just locked away and count money and missed out all the funds. They are the ones that are giving sacrifices. You know, I remember there was one time Billy Graham was being asked a question. You know, Billy Graham in his ministry have seen literally over a million people give their life to Jesus. And then some, some lady, someone had commented, Billy, Mr. Billy Graham, you must be so blessed because when you get to heaven, you probably will have all these amazing blessings and rewards from heaven because nobody had done what you've done. It is so amazing. So many people got saved. And Dr. Billy Graham passed and he said this. My rewards will not be bigger than those who serve in the crusades, the ushers. My rewards will not be bigger than those who pray before the service got started, who interceded for all these crusades. My rewards will not, be those, will not be bigger than those who quietly in the closet praying and interceding. My rewards will not be bigger than any of those people that you will never know, never see. Their rewards actually will be bigger than mine. You see, in the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as supporting role. We're all playing a critical role to serve God. And I want to tell you this. doesn't matter what it is you're doing this morning. doesn't matter whether you are. You, are, you, are, you know, this floor here, this, this area here is vacuumed well. Every Sunday you come, there's no dirt. Do you think those garbage would just grow legs and walk away themselves? No. Somebody had to clean them. Somebody had to clean them when none of us are around. We all play a very critical role. That's what I would not honor Mary more than I would honor Joseph. I would not honor Moses more than I honor John the Baptist. You know, all these supporting characters, they are so important and critical. And that's why God showed up to Joseph three times. That's how important it is to serve the Lord in whatever capacity he'd called you to. You know, I often, when I was younger, I always thought to myself, man, I want to be like to serve as so-and-so preacher, you know, so famous and everybody sees. And, but I want to tell you this, the older I get, the more I realize that it is those seemingly human, considered seemingly unimportant role that are the ones that will be really rewarded by the Lord. You know why? Because Jesus himself said this, anything that is done in secret will be rewarded openly. Are you here this morning? Everything that is done in secret, what is it that have you done in secret to love someone, to serve someone, to wash somebody's feet that nobody knows about? And then you have yet to hear a thank you from someone. I want to tell you this, the Holy Spirit is wanting you to know that the Father sees every detail, every small works that you have done. And then it has not passed him. Some people may say, oh, you know, if you're certain the frontline ministry. You know, I had, a, I had a conversation with another pastor the other day, you know. And um, we realized how important it is. Those people who serve in the frontline ministry. Those people who, who wave at people and welcome people as they drive into the church. Sometimes, you know, walking, serving in the rain and just loving people. They're actually more important than what I do. Seriously, they're more important than what I do because they serve people in the places where they would never be recognized. But I'll tell you this, they will be rewarded openly when we get to heaven. They will be, you'll be cheered. They'll be cheered by the Lord himself that you've done an amazing work. Most people make a decision whether or not to be part of this house way before I show up and talk. 
Most people make a decision about this church way before I step into the platform and have the first word. Yes, my job is to obey the Lord and speak the word and I'll do everything in my power to be diligent about it, to prepare, to pray, to seek the Lord, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to share with you what God wants you to hear. But at the end of the day, I'm just playing a small part. I want to encourage all of you who consider this is your house. And don't just be taking and consuming. And, but I understand some of us, we're in a season that we are in such pain. And, or we're going through the process of a season that we, 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 we cannot get involved. I get that. Don't feel condemned. But I'll tell you, a spiritual walk with the Lord will be much more rewarding. Your faith will grow much faster if you will serve. Serve in anything. Serve behind the cameras. Those people who are serving behind cameras, nobody knows their face. But you know that many of you had started to come to this church because you watched the sermon online for a few weeks before you show up. How could you if nobody served behind the cameras or behind the director desk? How about the people that are on projection? They're always under pressure. Some people don't even want to volunteer there because they think Pastor Paul gives them too much pressure, you know. Now who said that? <laughs> but I would not be able to do what I do without somebody putting on the scripture, yes? We would not be able to sing the song in somebody putting on wrong lyrics. Every time we're in wrong lyrics, we look right over there. We know the projection, even though we don't know who it is. But you know the projection is, they, they, they just, they like, oh my goodness, I, I don't know what's going on. And they're nervous, you know. They're making the sacrifices that we, we don't know. So I want to honor them. I want to recognize them in this house. I really know. Come on, let's just, come on, let's just honor them. Would you do that? That's why Jesus said, if you give water to the least of mine, you're giving water to me. Everything we do is absolutely critical. So I pray this morning that whatever area of ministry that you've been touched or called to serve, know that when you do with your heart, sacrificially, even in a secret place, you will be honored and blessed by God. Now let's talk about the second, another encounter, which is the encounter that the wise men had. And then we're going to close. Matthew chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Sorry, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. <laughs> My bad. Matthew 2, 1 and 2. There you go. They got, you know, I know. I'm, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, scholars, some translation, from the east, we don't know where, came to Jerusalem, verse 2, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw the star when it rose and had come to worship him. Now if you read further down in the chapter, they were, they, they were, they were talking to the king, the king Herod. And uh, King Herod basically inquired about how it is that they know about this the new king that was born. And we'll talk about King Herod next week. But this we want to talk about this wise man. Many translation, many Bible scholars believe they were scientists. They were astronomers. And, and, and some people say they were astrologers. But they, was, they were people that studying uh, the signs of the stars, what kind of indication it's giving. And, and so they, they, were, they, were, they were studied and learned people in the field of science. But did you realize that they also had an encounter with God? Did you realize that? And do you know where God met them? Met them in the field of their expertise. Met them in their signs. 
A lot of us think that we can only have an encounter with God at a certain way. You know, God speaking to us with the echoey, booming voice. Hello. Or God show up in a dream of some kind. Or that we have some kind of, some kind of, some kind of physical experience. Or that we see God like an angel, like that just now, that angel, woo, like, you know, right, like, you know, shine upon the angels. And we thought that would be the kind of encounter that God will give us. But I want to tell you this, many of us may have missed the many encounters from heaven because our mind is so narrow about what a supernatural encounter from heaven would be like. Here, they had a supernatural encounter in the field of the expertise. God can meet you where you are experienced or work in. If you're a scientist, God can actually meet you there in your science. If you have financial expertise, financial specialist, God can meet you in your finances. There can be miracle coming out. If your teachers, God may be speaking to you through one of the little child. If you're a homemaker, God may be speaking to you through different things. Maybe from a past. I know it's impossible. You never know. You see, the encounter that we would, God would, would grant us is not just, does not come in just one form, one way. In fact, some of you are probably having an encounter with the words that I'm speaking. God is speaking to you. He's having a, he is having an encounter with you. Don't just brush it off and say, ah, you know, it's not important. I could just imagine the three wise men, you know, they're just doing the signs, you know, looking at the, 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 the telescope and, and charting and drawing. I mean, how did they know it was the king that was being born? This special king. How did they know it was a king? The, the Bible never say angels showed up and say, oh, look at that little star over there. That's Jesus' star. Did it? No. How did they figure it out? Not tell you how to figure it out. They found God in the areas of their expertise. They had an encounter with God. Some of you probably had missed many encounters because you didn't think God would speak to you through one that way or the other way. He could only speak to you by, you know, angels showing up in front of your face, having a big dream, an amazing dream, or having a booming voice from heaven, or having a shake. I will tell you this. When you have an encounter with God, doesn't matter what it is, your life will change. And you know, there's a lot, I, I remember uh, quite a number of years ago, I, I took a bunch of youth with me, you know, that was quite a number of years ago um, when I was a youth pastor. I took a bunch of youth with me to a, a, ch you know, a church, you know, and, and, um, and uh, there, was, uh, there was this young man, you know, he, he, uh, he first time he see anything like that, you know, we're, we're at the airport church, and, and uh, you know, he, 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 he broke down, and he, he was shaking violently and convulsing, you know, just, just you know, it's like, it's, it's quite normal there. And I'm cool with that. I said, I actually got jealous. I said, God, how come I don't get that? I want to do some shaking, you know, and what? I don't get that, you know, like, I see everybody, you know, there's, there's, you know, but you know, his life never changed. His life never changed. In fact, he's gotten worse. He's not serving God today. He was involved in drugs. Listen, it is impossible for you and I to have a face-to-face -face encounter with the Almighty God and stay the same. Stay the same. It's impossible. It is impossible that you know. Bob James is supposed to say it would be like those who look into the mirror and turn away and forget about themselves. It is impossible for you and I to have a face-to-face -face encounter with God. I don't care how many shakings and how many convulsing, how many how many rigmarole you have. If there's a true encounter, you will see changes in your life. I have seen people who never had all these traumatic experiences, and yet you see God change them from day to day. 
Why? Because they have an encounter with God in the Word every day. They have an encounter with God in the prayer closet every day. They're, so every single day, they change from glory to glory. It is my prayer every day is that when I come to the presence of God, I'm not just looking, I'm not looking for sensation. I used to look for those sensations. I guess I've been barking on the wrong tree because God, maybe God said, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not, you're not experiencing this yet, you know. Don't focus on this. But I, when I see him in his word, when I see him in his presence, when I see him when I'm praying, when I have an encounter that is, that is not the manifestation and nothing wrong with that, I see my life change. And, and you know, some, we all are wired differently, right? You're wired differently, I'm wired differently. You know, I, I can tell you stories of, you know, I remember one time in Colombia, Bogota, you know, some of you heard this story. You know, with 20,000 preachers, you know, standing there waiting to receive from the Lord. There was this preacher saying, no, I just felt the Holy Spirit just going to hit some of you. You're just, you just going to get blown away. Oh, I want that. So, so he said, all you preachers, all hold hands, you know, like 20,000 of us just holding hands. Lord, hit me, man. Hit me hard. Shantai. And you know that preacher, he was so charismatic, you know, he just waved his coat, you know. I don't know. You probably don't know who he is. Here, you know. And I could see it, you know, like I was standing in the middle of the auditorium, right? Like maybe, maybe a three-quarter back. And I could see. And he would wave at this balcony, the, the people sitting up there on that row. He'd just go, and I see people just go, I go, wow, this is awesome. I'm going to get it this time. And then he go to the other corner, and they all fall. And then soon they're coming to the middle. And I just, I was so excited, I couldn't wait. Oh, shaka, man. I'm going to tell my children and children about it, this experience, get hit by the Holy Spirit, because I never had. And he go, boom, I roll. Everybody went down except Paul Koo. Me, hi. <laughs> I'm still here. I was so disappointed. I, in fact, I complained to God. I said, God, how could you do this to me? <laughs> you remember the song and the hymns you to sing, Pass me not my gentle Savior. I feel like singing, Lord, you have just passed me. Why, is it my sin? What did I say? What did I do? You know, didn't understand the grace of God. But as I grew older in the Lord, the Holy Spirit started to reveal to me. Yes, they're great. If you have those experiences, great. But most importantly, if there's no transformation, doesn't matter what experience it is, it doesn't do anything. Our faith is not about talking about experiences. That's the problem, right? We all talk about experiences. But what Jesus said is this. You judge the tree by what? Its fruits. What are the fruits? You can call yourself a Christian, this, that, whatever. But what are the fruits? Every time I come to church, every time I come to the presence of God, I say, God, I want to have an encounter with you. That will change my life. Not only for me, but for the people around you. Every time when I observe things. You know, I could have an encounter in the car. Some of you already had that encounter. I could have an encounter in the hospital. While I'm visiting sick people. You say, well, you know, you're weird. No. Because God would speak to me in different times, different places, in different ways. If I would have such an open mind, I would have continuous encounters with the Lord. My point is, is this. Whether it's in church, whether it's in science, I heard people said that they have met God in mathematics. The other day I was watching a video. This mathematician said he made some calculation. I don't know. I, it's just beyond my pay grade, just beyond my brain capacity. Like, How? And he said he, 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 he came to the conclusion that there is God. And so he gave his life to God. Wow. Doesn't matter what kind of encounter. I just, I just want to see my life change. Whether, whether I'm visiting the hospital or, or whether I'm, I'm, I'm actually in the park. Sometimes I see a baby running and God would speak to me. 
And I would cry, oh God. People think, you know, I think, what's, what's wrong with this weird guy, you know? Nothing wrong with me. I've just seen God. This morning, this Christmas, I know there's a lot of controversy about Christmas tree. There are people that leave this church because we have Christmas trees. But you wouldn't leave this church because of Christmas tree, right? Somebody said, why? I don't know. But I tell you this, if you let God, he will speak to you in wherever you are at. I remember a story of a young man in our church. You know, his story was that I met God when I was taking drugs. <laughs> what? See, if I put my theology, like my old traditional, th- I'm not, if, by the way, I'm not encouraging you to take drugs. Please, please. <laughs> Shaka, man. No way. There are cons- natural consequences to those who, you know, just hurt your brain. Don't, please don't do that. We were actually having a conversation last night coming from downtown. This, this fellow who was sharing, and his son was in the car. He had to actually tell his son, no, no, I'm not, I'm not don't take drugs, you know. He said he met God while he was high on drugs. And how do I know that he really had met God? I look at his fruits, his life. What has changed after? It's one thing to have an experience of a sensation of some sort. But it's something else. Whatever it is, is a changed life. This morning, it is the desire of God to change your life. Amen. Not change it so that you can become weirder. Change it so that you can become fruitful. Jesus in John chapter 15 says that it is the will of the Father that you are fruitful. Why? So that you can, so that you can glorify Him in your fruitfulness. It is His desire that you see fruits in your life. To the, oh, today's fruits, in, you know, we're coming to an end of 2018. So we examine our lives. God, what fruits have I yielded this year? Not to condemn ourselves, never. But so that we can examine it and say, God, next year, I want to bear more fruits for you. I want to have more fruits on my tree for you so that you can be glorified. He wants you to be fruitful. But I will tell you this, every single time when you have an encounter with God, you will notice a fruitful change in your life. A very fruitful change in your life.